Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday morning. It's another edition of Bachelor Rush Hour. Thirsty Thursdays, January 18th, 2024. I've got big news for you. Some entertainment throwback content, some of which is Bachelor-related, some of which is Lizzie McGuire-related. That's right. Uh, For those fans of Lizzie McGuire, I'm going to tell you why the reboot was shut down. And also, I've got some Bachelor content, uh, some Clayton deposition. Do we have an update? or not i'll get into that but first i have a big announcement folks that's right since saturday i've been all over this country that's right from california to arizona new mexico right across texas we made our way through arkansas and made it to tennessee that's right your boy is officially in nashville tennessee now later today i'll have my home signing shall everything go well they've already got our closing cost money so let's hope that they give us the keys and your boy on saturday will be moving into his first and very own home that's right our senior basset hound 15 years young is going to have his own backyard to hang out in isn't that amazing folks so very excited that I made it here okay. I mean, my Penske truck was a real death trap. I'm shocked I survived. I will never recommend anybody, no offense to Penske, but I do not recommend anyone without a proper trucker's license drive these things. It was wild out there. Okay, speaking of wild, let's jump into this. Lizzie McGuire reboot, a writer dishes on the adult themes and why it got canceled. The Lizzie McGuire reboot definitely wasn't made for kids something we're learning about in much greater detail now that one of its writers is spilling the beans okay i haven't listened to why this movie got canned but will so- please somebody tell me lizzie mcguire becomes an adult and starts an only fans like can we get a gritty lizzie mcguire remake apparently disney had commissioned the writers to write a show about a woman who's 30 years old that this is lizzie mcguire who you know now she's a 30 i guess was that make her a gen z young millennial young millennial maybe either way uh, they wrote a show where she's got a gay best friend who ends up hooking up with her high school boyfriend. I'm like, this sounds like a pretty good show. But Disney said, uh, oh no, too, uh, too, not Disney friendly enough. So they canned the show as it happens. Now here we have somebody trying to get their movie off the ground. Polly Shore is set to star in a biopic starring, or I guess, portraying Richard Simmons. I don't know if you guys know this, but Polly Shore looks identical to Richard Simmons here, and it's heading into development. The Wolper organization tells TMZ, while we would love to have him involved, that being actual having Richard Simmons, we respect his desire to privacy and plan to produce a movie that honors him, celebrates him, and tells a dramatic story. They add, we know he is deeply private, and we would never want to invade that. However, he is an amazing person that changed millions of people's lives and the effect he has had on the world needs to be recognized. You you guys might remember there was like that biopic that was made about, or no, maybe it was a documentary about Richard Simmons being like, where the hell did he go? He kind of just fell off the face of the planet. Well, here's Pauly Shore explaining uh, his strategy for trying to get Richard Simmons uh, involved in the actual making of this movie. My thought is we reach out to Dexter, uh, the, the director that did Rocket Man, and, um, and we do a test, a small 
maybe 10 minute kind of presentation tape and we send it to Richard. So when he's chilling at his house with his team, he can watch it because I know Richard responds here. This is what Richard is. He's a, he's a big heart. So if he connects with it, maybe he'll be like, oh, it's not a joke. It's actually really cool. Why are you so interested in, in doing this with Richard? Well, it's not about me. It's about the response of the people. You know, the response of the people is we want it. I'm just a comic. I put stuff out there. People respond. So Richard's whole life has been about helping people. So all these people that are, are reaching out, it's really Richard's fans that he connected with. A lot of the response has been, um, Richard saved my life. You know, Richard is everything to me. I was, you know, I was overweight. And because of Richard, I have a new life. So these people are the ones that want to see it. It's not me. I'm just, I'm just the messenger through the fans. I mean, read the comments. I'm just you, you know what's really interesting is Richard Simmons, of course, existed before social media, but he was such a household name. And, you know, for a lot of people, you know, being a motivational, jazzer-sized, kind of flamboyant guy, he really, there really is a parasocial relationship with him. And then all of a sudden, he sort of just disappears. And I know in the documentary, people were wondering, like, what happened to him? Does he have caretakers that are holding him back? Like, what's the deal? And honestly, nobody really knows. We haven't really, you know, they'll, there'll occasionally be like a Facebook post that says like Richard's fine. And everyone's like, yeah, but where is Richard? You know what I mean? And that's because his audience cares about him. And speaking of an audience who cares, Dana Carvey, one of the great impressionists uh, from Saturday Night Live, uh, actually had his son pass away. His son was a fellow stand-up comedian, uh, worked a lot of the clubs I worked. And um, Dana Carvey said it would be cool to laugh again. Here's how he describes healing after his son's death. Oh. If you're listening to our podcast right now, you probably know about my family's loss. And uh, I just want to say that the amount of outpouring online and emailing and people I still haven't been able to call back is uh, incredible. Um, I thought about this over the holidays and I decided to come back to the podcast um, because I think you know, it's a long day where you're not working, you get in your head, and I think it's going to be a great break, and I think it's really cool to laugh. And um, so with that, here I am with my old friend, David Spade, on with the show. <laughs> As you know, everyone, uh, just was all very, very nice things. No one knows how to, how to deal with it, but I, I, I agree that it's, it's nice to do the show again. I know it's very it's very sweet and if people if I could ever if I could do anything and, and you really can't it's like mm -hmm. me and my wife and our son's private journey and we're all together and we do a, a lot of fun things we really you know we hike go to church you just want to make sure that you keep moving and like I said doing this and riffing with you I think is going to be very healthy for me yeah. and, and as I recover because I'm kind of on the pain train. And, and with about uh, millions of other people on this planet, and you, you don't know how long you're going to be on it or when it'll stop or when it will get better. But in the meantime, all this kind of stuff uh, is, is very healthy. So. You know, whether it's uh, the death of someone in your family or a breakup, I think the one thing we can all agree on is that it does get better with time. 
As you know, the former SNL star, uh, this is him speaking for the first time after his family's painful experience since Dex's fatal overdose, telling David during their Fly on the Wall podcast return, it's going to be cool to laugh with him again. Yeah, laughter really is one of the best medicines. And I love hearing stand-up comedians discuss things that are heavy because, I don't know, I mean, Comedians oftentimes have a lot of like gallows humor, really dark blue humor, but I think there's also this ability just to be real. And when you hear a comedian like Dana Carvey, who's known for sharing impressions, he's, you know, pretty much known for portraying other people. When you hear someone like him with the timber in his voice sort of describe what it's like to overcome what would be such a senseless loss. Um, power to him for getting back out there and sharing his voice with his community. All right, I'm going to lighten the mood a little bit with some other content right after a quick word from our sponsors. I got to tell you, we've never had so many amazing reviews. We're almost at a thousand reviews on the podcast. I think some of the sort of uh, disservice created by other podcasters neglecting to, or I should say deleting our name, has led a lot of people to rally around this podcast. We've been cracking the top 200 in society and culture. I'm thinking of new and in, in exciting ways to get sort of your attention and get new and fun guests. To be honest, I actually finally heard back from The Bachelor, uh, as you guys know, when it comes to submitting uh, for podcast interviews, you have to go, when when someone's under contract, usually their first year after being on the show, you have to you have to submit to like WB and this and that. I'll be honest, they never got back to me before and I've been quite annoyed by it. Uh, but I just heard back from one of the people you have to get approvals from and hey, maybe they'll start coming around and getting us some of those interviews. Uh, I tried to get Faith Martin uh, after Golden Bachelor Wedding. She wanted to do my show and they finally got back to me and it was too little too late but I said hey I got a long list of people I want to interview so if you don't mind uh, let me know if uh, my channel is going to be approved. I mean, hey, throw some screeners my way while you're at it. I got this great comment from somebody I wanted to share. Because as you guys know, someone left a review saying I've been very depressing on my channel lately. And, you know, it's like, whatever. I'm trying my best, folks. But <laughs> someone left this comment. Hey, I listened to this morning's podcast. And I want to tell you that I like how eclectic your topics can be throughout your podcast. You cover anything from light and airy to funny to heavy. You express concern if sometimes you're heavy was too depressing, but in my, in my most humble Canadian opinion, the heavy is real life and can be equally as important, if not more, than some of the surface-level topics, which are fun because we also love a brief escape from reality sometimes. You know what I mean? Wishing you and Tasha a safe and happy move to your new home. What a nice comment. Thank you so much. All right, here's an interesting one for you. 27, and by the way, someone, I think uh, our good friend Spike sent this to me. I absolutely love bizarre articles like this 27 women accuse u.s man of being clingy he sues them for 75 million dollars how does this even make it into the court system is my question nico d'ambrosio claims he was defamed on the are we dating the same guy facebook group a chicago man is taking legal action against 27 women seeking 75 million in damages following negative reviews posted on a facebook page alleging a substantial dent in his reputation, 32-year-old Nico claims that the defamatory comments flooded the Facebook group Are We Dating the Same Guy's Chicago edition after his name and photo were shared late last year. 
first of all, I didn't know there were Facebook groups called Are We Dating the Same Guy? But this is absolutely wild. I mean, if you even have to ask that question, you probably are dating the wrong guy. The defendants broadcast their outrageous, cruel, and malicious lies about the complainant with knowledge that the statements were false or with reckless disregard as to whether or not they were true. Their wrongful conduct is so outrageous in character and so extreme in degree that it is beyond all possible bounds of decency and is to be regarded as atrocious and utterly intolerable in a civilized community. I mean, look, was he dating these 27 women or not? If if he was, then it wouldn't be defamation. This private Facebook group originating from New York City is part of a broader network where women candidly exchange information about their negative dating experiences in various cities, seeking advice on potential red flags. According to Mr. D'Ambrosio's filing, this incident mentioned in the Facebook page happened after he met a woman at a Chicago event last year, leading to a consensual sex the same night. Despite a series of what he describes as unremarkable dates, Mr. D'Ambrosio claims that they were never in an exclusive relationship. He says the woman later went on Facebook and spread lies about him, claiming that he got too clingy too quickly, showed off his money, and kept talking about how I don't want to see his bad side, especially when he was on business calls. Oh, boy. I mean, I don't know. Does this count as defamatory? Um, what did he say after her post? Many other women commented, sharing similar experiences. Okay, well, I'll say this. Um, these, I think these communities are okay if they're private and it's just women trying to help each other women out. If the guy wasn't this type of guy, you would think that a bunch of women wouldn't be uh, also calling him out. When uh, There's nothing more fun than when a bunch of women start sharing receipts about the same guy, as I witnessed over the weekend with a bunch of men sharing receipts about the same Jane Doe. Uh, someone said, I went out with him a few times just over a year ago. He told me what I wanted to hear until I slept with him and and then he ghosted. I'd steer clear, commented one woman, as per a screenshot provided in the legal filings. Another woman wrote, he's been posted here before. The poster said he sent her a slew of texts calling her names because she didn't want to spend the night with him. I mean, look, if they're text messages, that means they're real, right? So how can you defame someone for sharing real things? How, I, how does this make it to the court? According to Nico, the woman who first posted about him did so with her real name, but changed it to anonymous after his lawyers contacted her last month. All right, I'll have to let you know what goes on with the 27 women accusing this man of being clingy. And I don't know, how does that work when he sues for $75 million? Like, don't you have to prove damages? Like, did the guy lose his job over this? or is it just seven does he have a maybe he's got a 75 million dollar ego i'm really not sure all right i've had people ask me all day long about the deposition of clayton's um uh baby mama accuser janeth doeth i'll be honest with you i have not heard anything all day long as to whether or not the deposition happened i mean i've had um, I've had people, you know, reach out to me, um, uh, you know, in the media saying, Hey Dave, did the deposition happen? I don't know. My guess is it did happen. That's my guess. As soon as I know, I'll try to have a breaking news story. I can't imagine we're going to get a copy of the deposition anytime soon. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, it should be out there. 
All right, let's do a Thursday throwback. Uh, Molly Mesnick has been taking to Instagram to share some throwback from her season of The Bachelor. And here's uh, Jason Mesnick explaining the houseboat that they said he lived on. Have a listen. Hey, Jason Mesnick. Hi. The internet. <laughs> Hi. The internet cannot believe that you did not really live in a houseboat when Come you were on you're kidding on the bachelor i guess people didn't know that so you need to this is me and Riley's calendar <laughs> you need to here move over explain to people what the deal was with the fake houseboat well it was a real houseboat well yeah but that wasn't really yours you didn't really live there no well there's two reasons why okay one because they didn't like my real house i'm small <laughs> that's, I didn't have a, that's one that's one of the two reasons it was small. You lived there. I did. It was not there. very bachelory. Is that a word? Bachelory? Well, I kind of get it. Like, I feel like way back in the day on the show, they always made sure, um, or they wanted bachelors that were like super yeah, rich. Princes and wine owners. And, and Andrew then, Firestone. Jesse Palmer was a football player. I, I think they could have assumed that a single dad didn't have any money. So there it is. They didn't like his home, so they got a houseboat and said he lived in it. I guess some people didn't believe there was a houseboat. Either way, maybe you watched that season, maybe you didn't. But nice little throwback Bachelor content right there. Oh, we have an important announcement from the Instagram called Prince and Princess of Wales from Ren uh, Kensington Palace. Her Royal Highness, the Princess of Wales, was admitted to hospital yesterday for planned abdominal surgery. Uh, this is, uh, what's her face? Kate Middleton, right? Uh, the surgery was successful and it is expected that she will remain in the hospital for 10 to 14 days before returning home to continue her recovery. Based on the current medical advice, she is unlikely to return to public duties until after Easter. Look, I mean, I'm not uh, in the royal family here, even though I did work with Princess, um, what's her name? The one that, uh, the red, oh boy, I already forgot her. You know, the one from Canada or Canada? California. Okay. Either way. Uh, she was on suits. Okay. Um, Kate, no Kate Middleton's what's, what's uh Prince Harry's wife here. Hold on. I know you're shouting your Prince Harry wife, a uh, Megan, that's it. Megan Markle, Duchess of Sussex, even though I did work with her. That's right. Uh, your boy back in my single days may have locked eyes with one Megan Markle. She may not have found me very overwhelming. I was underwhelming at the time. Uh, but either way, she, uh, she found her Prince, both metaphorically and physically. So that's not who we're talking about. The Princess of Wales appreciates the interest this statement will generate. She hopes that the public will understand her desire to maintain as much norm normality for her children as possible and her wish that her personal medical information remains private. Kensington Palace will therefore only provide updates on Her Royal Highness's progress when there is significant new information to share. The Princess of Wales wishes to apologize to all those concerned but for the fact that she has to post her upcoming engagements. She looks forward to reinstating as many as possible as soon as possible. I don't know, folks. I um, I think the royal family's stupid. Like, what are they doing? You know what I mean? Like, you know, some of them are on the Epstein list. You know what I mean? Hey, this is your royal money. This is your taxpayer dollars that funds this. Uh, but it just got, I mean, look, hey, I know we have stupid stuff in the States too. I don't need any of my uh, UK followers to get upset that I don't get it. Uh, but uh, cool, I guess, uh, you know, uh, enjoy the royal family. It's like, we, we shouldn't have to know when a royal member of the family uh, goes uh, 
and gets ab surgery. But here we are. I thought I'd share it with you guys, whoever wants the... Do you, I don't know. Let me, let me know. Do you guys like royal updates? Is this part of what we like to do? Uh, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to you know, play into what my audience likes. If you, guys want, if you guys demand royal updates, I'll do a daily royal update just for you. I'll tell you what. We'll wrap up this morning rush hour episode right after a quick word from our sponsors. I guess I'll just give you guys like a recap of my last night travels into Tennessee. I tell you what, did I pick it? I might, I mean, if you could have picked the worst week to move across the country, it had to have been this week. I mean, it was subarctic temperatures. I, I, I truly think it was colder on my drive than it is in Antarctica right now. That's not hyperbole, folks. It was so cold. My poor dog, right? We have a dog stroller. You might have seen it on Instagram. He can barely walk. We love him. He's 15. He's happy. He just doesn't walk much. We put a little diaper on him. My wife and my mother-in-law were driving the Tesla, which of course, hey, shut up. I don't want to hear about it. Tesla's, the battery, the only kryptonite for a Tesla battery is the cold. They don't do well in the cold. Plus, not to mention, my wife drives a She's a little speed demon. So, you know, the car is supposed to drive at a cool 70. She goes 84. The battery gets souped up. Well, the dog's in the back seat. He's got one of those, you know, uh, yeah, diapers on that only wraps around the pee-pee. You know, it's kind of like a sling belt diaper. And, uh, you know, the business side, the butt, is exposed. He, you know, she goes to pull him out of the car. And what does he do? He drops a log. That's right. Now, look, our dog, we're used to him taking a little, a little bit of a toot, an accident, as you will, in the car. We've got special doggy seats that protect the actual seats but it's like come on i finally buy a nice car and the dog disrespects us by just laying turd all over the place it rolls out the seat we're late we're trying you know the car is supercharging we go to a waffle house she's in the bathroom cleaning off absolute disaster meanwhile i'm driving the truck which i've already talked about all the nightmare aspects of the truck it's on this whole road trip, as you guys know, we, we broke down in Texas. They had to fix the old Flanger McDougal or whatever, some sensor thing that made it, you know, making a slapping noise. The truck was literally slapping my ass for like an hour. I don't know. I, I you know, I was like, I, I don't know if I call this thing a truck or a daddy. You know what I mean? I was like, do I owe you money? I need a cigarette. This thing's just getting kinky with me. And then we finally get that fixed. And it's one thing after another. But as I progress through the ride, my my truck starts tilting to the left. So now I'm driving the leaning tower of Penske, and I have no idea what the goods look like in the back of the truck. All I can tell you is this. We spent extra money to get a bigger truck so my wife could bring her potted plants across the country. I, I'm telling you this. If and when on Saturday morning when I go through my move, when I opened the, the uh, sort of a back gate of the truck, if those plants aren't alive, I'm going to be so pissed. I will let me know what I need to do to resuscitate these plants Uh, because I think they're dead after this trip. I think the plants are dead, Um, but either way, so excited for this move. Look, the last hour of this drive was so stressful. I don't know. Anyone who lives in Tennessee, I know a lot of my audience in Tennessee has been saying the same thing. There's snow everywhere. The state is not equipped to shovel the snow. I literally I literally couldn't have picked a worse time in the last 20 years to move to Tennessee. But I'll say this. I'll say this. 
as the snow melts and then coming months as the springtime hits, I'm going to be very excited for what is unearthed underneath this snow. So I am moving here at the worst possible time, but I have never been so excited for a move. Uh, Monday is going to be the first episode of the new season of The Bachelor. We're going to live stream before and after. I'll be in my new studio. I'm sure it won't have all of the glitz and glamour since I'll have just been a day or two from moving in, but I've never been so excited to go to Walmart and, you know, to go shopping, to stock the pantry and all that stuff. I mean, I can't wait to vacuum. You know what I mean? You know, the little things you can't wait to do in a new home. I can't wait to take a nice bath, you know, all the little things. And it's all because of you guys and your generosity and your being a strong part of this audience. I want to thank everyone who's bought merchandise. I mean, you've been so kind and so loyal and I appreciate you. You know, it's only been two months since we did the morning episode to go along with the evening episode. I got to tell you, it's been a little bit of an extra workload for me, but I love what we're doing. It's become uh, very habitual and streamlined, and I really do appreciate you liking these different stories I'm bringing to you. What I really should be doing is having some sort of tip line every day where people can email me stories. Isn't that a good idea? I'll have to come up with maybe an email or something, and uh, just the tip at DaveNeal.com. No, that's not it, but I'll come up with some sort of email so that way you can tag me in things and share links, and if you have a funny story or an interesting story, something you think would be uh, valuable for our rush hour ride to work or ride home, let me know and I will definitely put it in the lineup. All right. Well, we will be back this afternoon. I can't wait to share with you all of the content we have coming your way. It's been a wild week as I drive across the country and I have not slowed down on the workload. I'm so excited to officially be moved in. But in the meantime, I'm going to enjoy Tennessee. Hey, guess what? Tomorrow's Dolly Parton's birthday. How great is that? I come to Tennessee and we start celebrating Dolly's birthday. So lots of good things to look forward to. I'll be here for you with all of it. As always, I'm Dave Neal, and this is Bachelor Rush Hour. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush.